Okay. Um, I'm sure that we were able to pick up a whole variety of situations where we find it difficult to live or be as a Christian. And as David has brilliantly introduced, we're thinking this morning from our Christian portrait gallery. Last week we thought about the Christian as a sheep. This week is a pretty dramatic change of picture, isn't it? To the Christian as a soldier. And uh, we're looking at Ephesians 6. It'd be great if you had that open, what we had read, um, and because uh, I'm going to be looking at it. And we're going to have to look at some fairly large chunks of it. Um, I'm not going to apologize for that, but to understand the importance of this picture and the significance of this picture. Um, there's my picture of a Roman soldier. And uh, I, I found it, I thought I was very excited about it. And then I realized that um, there's something missing. In fact, there's a number of things missing from uh, this shoulder. Anybody want to tell me what's missing? Thank you. I was, I thought, I was so excited. I found this great picture. And of course, this is a very odd soldier because they haven't got the shield and the sword. What's going on there? And um, I've been able to source certain things this week. I've struggled with the breastplate of righteousness. Thank you for those who providing me with something that looked like a breastplate of righteousness. But um, struggling, um, I've got my helmet here, all right? Beautiful Roman helmet. And uh, there you are, all right? The helmet of salvation. As, sorry, it's the wrong... No, that's the right way around. I've got to put that down. There you are, you see... It won't, oh, no, it just won't work, all right, let's not do that, all right, okay, but we'll come back to those, all right, so this Roman soldier is not properly equipped, and we're going to see the significance of that for the Christian, and I asked you when and why do you find it difficult to live as a Christian or to be a Christian, there'll be a whole variety of answers, because if we are a Christian here this morning, we're involved in a struggle, a spiritual struggle. And that's the first thing I want to pick up from this reading. If you've got the Bible open at page 1177, Ephesians chapter 6, and I want us to look at verse 12. I'm going to read from verse 10. Finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now David, Excellency, said there are three enemies that we fight, the world, the flesh, and the devil. Right? The world, the flesh, and the devil. And it's very important to know your enemies. But here, the Apostle Paul is particularly thinking about unseen evil spiritual forces. If we're a new creation in Christ, we will always carry with us our old sinful nature until heaven. That is an enemy within us. There is the world that's constantly tempting us to go against Christ But there are unseen evil spiritual forces at work. And one of the things we're going to see, no pun intended, is whether we really see 
spiritual realities. And one of the spiritual realities is that there are evil, uh, unseen evil spiritual voice, uh, voices, forces. Now, most days, my wife, who is a marvellous wife, um, what we do is we talk about what we're going to have for uh, tea, and she gets out of a machine which makes things very cold and puts them in a thing, a machine which makes them very hot. And I'm still confused about how that machine works, the one which makes them very hot. I mean, what's going on there? I mean, I can't see anything. You just put them in, and there are unseen things happening which make it very hot. I don't know. Now, of course, the scientists explain it to me. I, I was a study history, so I don't know much science. But there are things I don't see going on in the microwave. Now, in this world, there are spiritual forces that we don't see. We don't see God, for instance. Though, of course, he has made himself known by sending his son, that wonderful revelation. But there are also unseen evil spiritual forces. And the Apostle Paul tells, them about, tells, them, uh, tells us about them in verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And I want to ask you, as a Christian who's involved in a spiritual struggle, where is your front line? Where do you think your front line is? I mean, I wonder what you said when I said, where do you find the spiritual life difficult or being a Christian? I wonder if we're being really honest, right? There may be some obvious things, but I'm just saying, where do we find it a real struggle? Of course, it might be at work. Indeed, that is a front line for us. Nine o'clock tomorrow, most of you... Many of you will be going into work and there is what you've got to live as a Christian and there will be spiritual struggles. You maybe have identified them. This is that boss who's a complete pain. It might be school, mind it. Or university. There will be people here. All right, I know it's the holidays, but that's where we spend lots of our time. Now that's a, a picture of a happy family. Where's the front line of Christian living? Husbands, where's the front line of Christian living for you? It's loving and leading your family, isn't it? In a godly way, not in a selfish way. How we use our words. I mean, tomorrow we will all speak. How many words will we speak tomorrow? There's our front line. Maybe, of course, we're single. And that is a struggle. And there'll be temptations coming. Whether we'll keep our temper. Ah, our approach to money. There's the front line. Maybe we'll wake up tomorrow depressed. As somebody who's personally suffered from depression and does suffer from depression, there are days which can be just be black dog days. Absolutely black dog days. And there are many temptations will come in on those days. Ah, 
There's a front line, isn't it? Which buttons will you press late at night? And just big questions. Who am I? In the middle of the night, every day, as you get older, what is going on in life? So our front line is just every day living, isn't it? It will be slightly different for each one of us, but many of the things will be exactly the same. So what does the Apostle Paul say? Well, every Christian is in a spiritual struggle. We've seen that. Then secondly, stand strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Just look at that there in verse 10. Look at that great verse that David introduced. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. This is a fantastically encouraging verse. Now, in the context of the whole book, we've got to understand what that means. Now, I'm not going to apologize for this, but I'm going to put some verses up. You'll find them in your Bibles. I'm going to read them. Remember that faith comes from hearing, so don't worry if you can't follow everything I'm going to read. But in order for us to understand the Lord and his mighty power and this struggle that we're in, you're going to have to understand these verses, because this isn't just a few verses standing on their own. So here's the first one. I'll read it out. It's from chapter 1, verses 18 to 23. And just listen, or look and listen, at this. So this is Paul praying that the Ephesians' eyes may be opened. Are our our eyes opened to see the realities, spiritual realities, of who we are and who we fight, struggle against? I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. So there's an incomparably great power at work for every single one of us this morning who believes. That power... Look at this, is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he, God, raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every nature that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet, that is Christ, the Lord Jesus' feet, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, for the church, striking that, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Now there's a tremendous amount I can say from that, but in the context of our struggle as a soldier, see, Jesus Christ is Lord. He has won the victory over evil forces. And they're all under his feet. Look, God has raised Jesus and seated him 
at the right hand in the heavenly realms, this is the spiritual realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. You see, the Lord Jesus has won the victory. He's Lord. That's the significance of calling him Lord. And everything is under his feet. That's the reality. He's got his foot on them. Now, there are the death throes of evil powers still at work. And here's the other extraordinary thing. His power is available for believers. So those with new life in Christ <laughs> have that resurrection power. The power that raised Jesus and seated him. That's a work in us. Now, we need to think about that power. In other words, if you're alive in Christ this morning, you have that power. If you're alive in Christ, if you're trusting Christ, you have that power. Now, I want to ask you that as we... We haven't got to the soldier bit yet, but this is all very important. Do you see this? Do you believe this? Do you live this? Here's another one. Sorry, I'm going to try and keep moving. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin, in which you used to live, this is chapter 2, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. So evil forces are at work in those who are not Christians. But if you've become a Christian, you've come under, so to speak, under new ownership. You're a new person. You have a new life. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you've been saved. I'm trying not to say too much from these verses. But look at this. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparably riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. So if you're a Christian and a church this morning, you are showing something, displaying something. We'll come on to that a bit more. But look at this. God raised us up in Christ and seated us with him. You see, the Christian is seated with Jesus as Lord. You're all looking slightly nervous, I have to say. But that's extraordinary, isn't it? Do you, do you believe that reality? We're seated with Jesus as Lord. We share his victory. Do you see this? Do you believe this? Do you live this? Now I want to, we haven't got to the soldier yet, have we? If you're in the struggle, that is a sign of new life in the Lord Jesus. I just want to say that. As a real encouragement, it's been a real encouragement to me because every day is a struggle to live as a Christian, to be a Christian. And if you're in the struggle, that's a sign of new life. I know that I'm trusting Jesus. I know that I ought to follow him and obey him. But it's a struggle. Now, 
that is actually an encouragement because the option is I'd be dead in my sins. You see, look at that first line. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin. And I wouldn't even think about it. So don't be discouraged by the struggle. We're going to come on to how we can arm ourselves. But be encouraged. If you're in the struggle, that is a sign of new life in the Lord Jesus. Because you've been raised with him. You have a new life. Hallelujah. Thank you. We could yet become a Pentecostal church. Here's one more. Sorry. No, I'm not going to apologize. You've got to understand this to understand the armor and the battle. His, God's intent, was that now, look at this, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the church made up of New creations, those who have a new life in Christ. The church displays the victory of the Lord Jesus to all evil powers. Again, do we see this? Do we believe this this morning? This, let me say, you're not. But this, as I look out at you, this strange gathering of people. Different backgrounds, different nationalities. We have people from Nigeria. We have somebody here from Lebanon. Very welcome to you. Uh, Eva, welcome to you. I don't know we've got other nationalities. We might have some Welsh people here who beat England yesterday. Welcome to you. United in Christ. No, no, this is so important. The church displays the victory of the Lord Jesus to evil powers. And they hate it, but actually they're under the Lord Jesus. You know, this is, this is God's wisdom. I wonder, do we see that? Do we believe that? Now, I was trying to think of an illustration for this, and this was the best I could come up with. There's a, there's a TV program. Um, it's on Prime Video. No, it might be on Netflix. I can't remember. But um, it's called The Overlap. Has anybody here watched The Overlap? Come on, own up somebody. Anyway, I'll tell you about it. It's, a, it. it's an interview which goes on with Roy Keane and Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher. They're footballers, right? I'm good on footballers. I'm not so good on cartoon characters. And this season, uh, what did Liverpool do? Christian, you're a Liverpool supporter, aren't you? All right, okay. All right. But Liverpool beat Manchester United 7-0. I was hoping that Monty might be here this morning in his Liverpool shirt, but he's in Durham. And look, you can see Liverpool 7, Manchester United 0. And Jamie Carragher was on this interview with Gary Neville, who played for Manchester United. Carragher played for Liverpool. And they were, being, they were having this programme in... Um, they were being interviewed in Manchester. So when Jamie Carragher got brought on, he was booed. You know, he was really heckled. And he got up on stage... And he stood up and he pulled his shirt open and there was this T-shirt with Liverpool 7, Manchester United nil on it in Manchester. And he was rejoicing and triumphing in the victory, right, in Manchester. And uh, now you might say, well, what's that got to do with the church? But you see, every faithful and obedient Christian is, if you like, the live stream to evil powers in the heavenly realms, the Lord Jesus has won. So when we 
are and when we live as we should, we are, if you like, preaching to the evil powers, yes, who the Lord Jesus got his foot on, even though they have some power still, of the Lord Jesus' victory. Because they hate it. They hate it. They hate that, you know, the church is made up of lots of different people who are united in Christ. They hate that. And, and, and we're the display. Just like the Manchester United supporters hated when he pulled his shirt open to show Liverpool 7, Manchester United 0. We're going to come to the soldier now. But before that, we're going to sing about the sword of the Spirit. Here we are. We're going to need it in our fight. Raised up with Christ, seated with full armour of gospel truths on your front line. Okay, let's have a look at this passage. Look at this. Stand. Look at verse 11. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand. Look how this keeps coming. Verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Verse 13, therefore put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, To stand, it's all about standing strong, standing firm. Verse 14, stand firm then. Isn't that fascinating? I've I've come back to this. I mean, you know, this is a kind of favourite of lots of teaching for young people, but it's very important for adults, more important even more for adults because we have far more temptations. But it's fascinating. Interesting, it doesn't say fight. It doesn't say advance, but stand strong, stand firm. We're not told to claim ground to exorcise demons or address the devil. You sometimes meet people like that, don't you? We don't have to walk around Buxton to claim the ground praying. We can pray anywhere for Buxton. But this is a spiritual struggle. We're to put on the full armour of gospel truths. And I want to say that gospel truths are all the spiritual blessings we have in the Lord Jesus. Now we can identify some of them. But what is the Apostle Paul saying? He's saying, look, really everything I've written about in uh, the, the epistle, in my letter, here's your front lines and here are the gospel truths, the full armour. All the spiritual blessings we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. So here's the first piece, we may know this, which there in verse 14, the belt of truth. Strand firm then with the belt of truth buckled round your waist. The belt of truth. Now as we go on, you'll see, but these overlap, don't they? Yeah, of course they do. It's just a full armour. There's different aspects. We're not to, I think, press some of them too far. Clearly some of them are too. This is the belt of truth. What is the truth? We'll come on to that. The belt of truth. But it's all the truths of the gospel, which we find in the letter of Ephesians and, of course, elsewhere. Here we are, the breastplate of righteousness. So this this has got something to do about having the breastplate of righteousness, that I am right with God, that when God looks at me, even though I'm a sinner, I have Christ's righteousness. 
I'm clothed in Christ's righteousness. I've got the breastplate of righteousness on. Ah, the boots of the gospel of peace. Lots of discussion about this. What does this mean? Your feet readied with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Boots of the gospel of peace. Ready to think about how the gospel of peace applies. I love this picture, actually, because those has got studs. They were studded, so they stood firm. Ah, the shield of faith, verse 16. We'll come on to that. The helmet of salvation. Look at this. Isn't it fantastic? You can buy these for 6.75. I think probably made of something, something sterner than plastic, but there you are. All right? The helmet of salvation. So we're saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. How are we going to apply that, that gospel truth, in our spiritual struggle? And of course, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. And we're to put on the full armor of gospel truths. And I think the gospel truths are all the spiritual blessings we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's just think about taking up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Here you are on your front line. There's the shield. There are the flaming arrows. Now, I'm going to ask Gareth to come and help me to demonstrate. Now, I want to, this is a disclaimer, all right? Please do not do this at home. If you're a young person or an adult, please do not do this at home, all right? So I've got some arrows here. Here are some darts, all right? Gareth, behave. Just come and, no, that's far too far away. Come here, all right? And I'm going to take up my shield of faith. Let me just get this. I think I'm strongest left-handed, right? Right? Okay, what, this way? Well, you don't want to hit the computer, all right? No, no, no. Well, don't throw them hard, man. All right, now, but this is, you know, this is, the, this is the problem with this whole thing because we make it twee. But it's not twee tomorrow, and it's not twee tomorrow night when you've got your finger ready to press the computer button. All right? Sorry. But it, it really is. It's a serious for spiritual drive. Now, all right, he's going to, we didn't douse them in petrol because we didn't, thought, we haven't done a risk assessment for that one, all right, so we can't do that. So let me just, here we, here we go. Let me just get this right, okay? All right, so here are all your front lines, okay? Tomorrow morning, right through the week. Let's think, when we're tempted to doubt or disbelieve uh, who we are as Christians, front line. Okay, the flaming arrows or darts, they're coming in from evil powers. You're tempted to think, sorry, thing, sorry, think God does not love me. Okay, so here we are, Monday morning, Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday night, Thursday in the middle of the night when you wake up. Okay, here we are, the darts coming in. All right, I'm ready. Okay, all right. Let's go on. Tempted to think, how can I be saved? God won't forgive me this, this time for that sin. All right? Okay, here's another one. Tempted to think God doesn't exist. The gospel's not true. Here we're coming in. Here's the shield of faith. I'm trusting Jesus Christ as my Lord. All right? Here we go. Tempted to feel God is a long way away at the moment. Good. 
<laughs> I should have. All right? Please do not do this at home, adults. All right, or young people. All right, here's, all right, okay, one more, just straight. All right, go on. Good, thank you. All right, good. All right? I think you've got the picture. Thank you. Brilliant, Gareth. Okay, now, what I want to illustrate is that we put up our shield of faith, but there are lots of other armor that we've got on, gospel truths, all right? So here's one, all right? Sorry, this is actually the first verse of chapter one, my mistake. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. You're feeling a bit low, all right? The shield of faith goes up. You're tempted to feel low. The shield of faith goes up. Wow. I've got every spiritual blessing in Christ. Can I just say as somebody who suffers from depression, I could feel absolutely dog, dark, low, but I could still have joy in my heart because I'm loved and chosen and precious to God. Interesting. All right, let's go on. Oh, here are some other verses. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth. We've got the belt, tuckered on, the belt of truth, haven't we? Yeah, that's it, the belt of truth, all right, which is buttled up round us, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. These are all gospel truths that just the whole armor represents. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ. I put up the shield of faith, and I remember this gospel truth, the belt of truth. This is wonderful. I've got the helmet of salvation on. Wow! Because of his great love for me, a sinner, he's rich in mercy to me. He's made me alive in Christ. On the front line, I remember that, wherever your front line is. And then, of course, that temptation. How can I be saved? I've fallen into that sin again. <laughs> can I really be a Christian? Can I really be saved? See, evil powers love to come in with that kind of condemnation. Look at this. For it's by grace you've been saved. No, no. I put up the shield. I've got the belt of truth on. I've got the helmet of salvation. I've got the breastplate of righteousness. I'm righteous. I've been saved through Christ. We're applying gospel truths to our life all through our front line, on our front line, every day. That's, you know, putting on the full armour. Okay, Gareth, I won't get you to come and throw more darts. All right, when you're tempted not to live as a Christian, when you're tempted to be impatient with others, when we're tempted to say hurt, uh, to, to hurt others with what we say, Whew. Powerful thing, our tongues, aren't they? When husbands are tempted to be selfish. Yes, that's every husband. When we're tempted to think the job we do is worthless or the boss is horrible. Maybe the boss is horrible, actually. Sorry, I should say that. When children are tempted not to obey. Never have to teach children to disobey their parents. It's kind of inbuilt, but then the temptation comes, doesn't it? Okay, now look at this. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. You've been called by the Lord. It's a gospel truth. You're clothed in that, aren't you? With your full armor on, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Evil powers, they hate it. 
they hate it when we bear with one another in love because they love to divide. They've been dividing sinful people in this world for years and years. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. See? It's great gospel truth about how we're to live. Speak words that build up others. Let's do it after the service. Serve, work wholeheartedly if you're serving the, the Lord, not people. God, I'm in this job. It's so boring. Arm yourself with that. I'm, I'm serving the Lord Jesus. Well, still, it's still a struggle, isn't it? Every day. If you do a job which you love, thank God for that. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Husband, you're, you're selfish, you're tempted to be selfish. I mean, you know, that's just a kind of default position for me, just to be selfish. And I have to give myself up for my wife and to love her that way. I'm armed with that on the front line. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. In the Lord, children, united to him, you're to obey your parents. Temptation is not to. And then finally, I realise we've gone on, but this is so powerful, isn't it? You're clothing yourselves in gospel truth. When we as a church attempted to be what we should be, sorry, attempted not to be what we should be, that's the temptations are coming in, displaying the Lord Jesus' victory to evil powers in the heavenly places. That's what we should be doing, all right? When we're tempted not to forgive others, it's extraordinary. When we're tempted to keep our distance from other Christians, oh, they're the wrong sort of people. Wow, they're from another country. Oh, you know. Or we're not at peace with other Christians. That's ridiculous. That's awful. Look, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Beginning of uh, chapter 3. Sorry, chapter 4. Not even that, end of chapter 4, 432. You know, Christ has forgiven you. You forgive. The evil one loves to make us think, no, we can't forgive that person. No, no. Put on the full armor. Gospel truths. Live them. And then this. For he himself is our Christ, who has made the two groups one. That is Christ one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. I don't think actually the boots of the gospel of peace are actually primarily about evangelism. That's very important, don't mishear me. But it's actually about the fact of what's happened in the church, which is displaying to the evil powers that we're at peace with each other. We're reconciled. So it's absolute, surely it's inconceivable that we have, we don't forgive each other or we don't like so-and-so, we won't love them or we're not at peace with them. That's what the evil powers love to do now. That's why we as a church have to be armed with gospel truth and be reconciled because Christ has reconciled us to God and to each other. We're the new creation, the new humanity. So we put on the full armour. Sorry, I'm I'm not going to apologise. Put on the full armour of God so you can stand firm in your front line. And lastly, verse 18, pray, 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 on all occasions, doesn't it? What's it say? 
On all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests, with this in mind, be alert, always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Be watchful. You're in a spiritual struggle. Nine o'clock tomorrow, pray. At school, pray. In the family, pray. In the middle of the night, pray. Late at night, pray. And stand firm with all clothed, putting on all the full armor of gospel truths. There you are in your front line. Let's pray, shall we? Father God, please teach us more about this 